0: Hi, this is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117, and you're listening to the horrible movie podcast. Now, finish the fight. Chief out. It's Major Cuts! He runs a barber shop on a military base during the day, but at night, he's a ninja in the Takagura Dojo. Attention! That's right, he's Major Cuts! Private, what type of cut can I give you? Uh, I guess, uh, I just want to high and tight, but please don't trim it too. And that's right, it's Major Cuts. We have to dismantle this bomb before the Cobra Kai get away with the jewels. I'll just take out my straight razor and, oh no, too close to shave. Oh. That's right, it's Major Cuts, coming to NBC this fall. Attention! At ease, private. Welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. My name is Jack. Thanks for tuning in on the radio, and thanks for downloading this episode. Uh, today's episode actually is brought to you by the Abstergo Foundation. Bringing you Assassins for a thousand years. Um, my guest today is already in studio because he lives here. Producer Phil, welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. You,
0: anytime we turn on the horrible movie podcast um, radar and we get a ping on that radar, and when it comes up a video game movie, we are forced by contractual obligation. To have producer Phil on. Yeah. So this week, well, uh, actually several months ago, technically, we talked about this movie. And when I turned on the Horrible Movie Podcast Radar to find some movies, it's like, um, what's um Professor X's, uh, he's got the helmet he sticks on, Cerebro. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Cerebro. I have a room. It's filled with star-looking things. <laughs> Those are actually all the horrible movies that are out there. And we turned it on, and this movie pinged on there. Now we were obligated to have Phil on, so Phil. Yeah, I you get. You said it at the time. Yeah, yeah. You said at the time. Yes, I'll do this movie. It sounds great. And in fact, you were very much like, "Oh, this looks like it's going to be horrible." And then, like all great movies, that are done now. Uh, Once the critics make a proclamation,
1: I do the This movie is
0: horrible! Oh, it's horrible! All the critics start screaming at the top of their lungs. Horrible! It's the worst movie of all time! We obviously thought, what would, what? This would be
1: perfect for this podcast perfect for the horrible movie podcast right it has a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes so exactly and, mo- and most critics did not like this
0: and it's a video game movie and there is a 90 plus percent chance now that if you decide to do a video game movie it won't be any good
1: I wonder why Michael Fassbender even signed up for this film money knowing that
0: money just pure cash, cash dollars huh? and he likes money it's his money and he wants
1: it now <laughs> so I do kind of want the story on that like did they approach him did he approach them well the price was right basically
0: the price was wrong Bob so he (laughs) um, signed on to do it and uh, you know what he got for it he got paid and
1: he tried pretty hard in this movie wouldn't you say I thought he did a pretty good good job Yeah. yeah Several of the actors were really good. In fact, there were actors in here that I didn't know. Like, I'd never seen them in anything before, mm-hmm. and I liked their performances, too.
0: Um, they were... Now, uh, Jeremy Irons, you know him, right? Was he the super bad guy? He's new Alfred. He's the new oh, Alfred.
1: Oh, I didn't I didn't recognize yeah, him. he's the new Alfred. Okay, so he was one of the ones I didn't recognize that I really liked his performance, but I um, forgot that he was that oh, guy. Oh, no,
0: he's great. And his daughter... I don't I don't know if I ever saw... It. Sophia was her name in the uh, movie. Yeah, Marion... She's Marion...
1: She's French. Cotillard,
0: Cotillard.
1: Yeah, you have to say it in a French way. Cotillard. She's from Paris, so... Croissant. Cotillard. Cotillard. Cotillard.
0: For those of you listening in French, you're like, we hate you now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I need mean to ruin your life. Um, okay, she's so... She's been in a bunch of movies. She has been in a bunch of movies. Um, I think it's time... For a segment we like to call on this podcast... Time for some deets. Assassin's Creed. Based on the very popular video game franchise of the same name, Assassin's Creed. Not to be confused with Scott Stapp's huge band, Creed. Right. Even though an assassin with his arms wide open would mean he's going to do a... uh, leap of faith into the uh, abyss, or he's going to have his arms out and then he's going to shoot his <laughs> shirk, whatever they are, the little blades into the wall or something.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say the Assassin's Creed, the game franchise, is probably the franchise with the most games in it in video game history, aside from maybe like Mario or something like that. Wow. Yeah, like it, I mean, there are a lot of games, so yeah.
0: Um, so Assassin's Creed directed by Justin Kurzel. You know, he's an Australian mm-hmm. director. And he hasn't necessarily done a lot of stuff. He did it Macbeth, and maybe that's why he was going to do this. Maybe they handpicked him based and on that. Did he do he? You a them? version of Macbeth. Everyone's they've done about forty versions.
1: Of it. Was Marion Cotillard in that? May have been.
0: Jeremy Irons may have been. In I think she was. Um, Macbeth, uh, produced by yes, John.
1: So that's how they knew each other: the director and and uh, the lead female.
0: You know who also produced this movie. one of the people that produced it Michael Fassbender oh okay and Frank Marshall who's a return person on the podcast um screenplay by Michael Leslie based on the Assassin's Creed by is it Ubisoft or Ubi or Ubisoft
1: so it's the way to remember it is it's (coughs) actually short for Ubiquitous Software so so yeah it's Ubisoft Ubiquitous
0: starring Michael Fassbender Marion Cotillard Cotillard Jeremy Irons, Brendan Gleeson, Charlotte Rampling, and that must have been... She must have been the... Um, ooh, maybe she was a female assassin at the end, I can't remember. No, then, she
1: was the the Lady Templar.
0: Okay. And then Michael K. Williams. Um, Brendan Gleeson is the um, Jean-Baptiste guy from the... Um, from the Haitian... Uh, the hate. <laughs> the Haitian office of the... Of the uh, <laughs> Of the temple or the uh, assassins, I think he
1: plays the father in this movie. If you've seen it,
0: oh, he's the father,
1: yeah, he's he's uh Cal's father.
0: Oh, okay, okay, I've seen him in other stuff then. Let me look up the uh, you know who I liked, the Haitian guy. I liked him.
1: Uh, that's yeah, that's Michael K. Williams.
0: Yeah, I liked him in this movie. Yeah, he was good, and I would have liked to have seen more of him. And maybe if they were to have created a um sequel to this you would have seen uh, some of him in here
1: well I, I think the the potential is that they're planning a sequel I think they were planning it even before the movie came out so yeah I would like to see more of him in the sequel
0: Michael K. Williams on The Wire you know who else was on an episode of The Wire Tom Lavero, who's been on this podcast yeah. um, so anyway uh, Longs to Shorto we have uh, music Jed Kurzel, brother yeah, he, he scores all of his this guy's movies, is what allegedly. So they're the, brothers, you know, probably. They are brothers. Um, release date in New York, it was December thirteenth, two thousand sixteen. Total American release date, December twenty first, two thousand sixteen, and uh, budget one hundred twenty five million, and box office two hundred forty one million dollars, which is not bad. About double. Yeah. Yeah. They. I mean you know they were able to pay things back. Let's real quick um let's give about uh, our top 5 video game movies. Movies that were based on video games. Real quick like top 5 favorites? Favorites. Number 5 for you Phil go.
1: You didn't prep me on this. Um I don't know. Okay. I mean I haven't I haven't ranked them yet. Can I just give you like five that I like? Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, I re- I actually kind of enjoyed the Ratchet and Clank movie that we did okay, previously five. on this podcast. All right, that's number five. What's number five for you? Super Mario Brothers. Number four. Go. <laughs> you like Super Mario Brothers? It's the best. <laughs> um, I I liked the Warcraft movie that okay. we also did on this podcast. I'm going to
0: go with uh, Double Dragon. Go. Three.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to go Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time.
0: Oh, um, Jacob Jake Gyllenhaal
1: yeah of the Gyllenhaals of the,
0: Gyllenhaals. <laughs> of the Gyllenhaals. Um I'm gonna go with number three I'm gonna go with Mortal Kombat number two go
1: are you just doing all the worst ones no I'm just doing them go okay Um let's see I'm gonna say Lara Craft Tomb Raider mm. Angelina Jolie
0: my number two I'm gonna go with Space Jam the video game based movie go Number one.
1: Uh, number one. This is in no particular order. Uh, I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to go Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> I, I really I, I like that movie. And I'm going to go with... It's fun to hate.
0: I'm going to go with, um, as, as the best one, best video game movie, Warcraft. Okay, now it's time for 30-second <laughs> synopsis. Are you up for this? Sure, let's do it. You have ahead. 30 seconds to tell us all about the movie. Here's your clocky clockington. Are you ready? <laughs>
1: I, I as ready as I'll ever seconds 30 seconds and go! Okay, so a guy named Cal watches his mother murdered by his father. Then he grows up and... He is taken captive by a Templar organization. Uh, they say, we need you to jump into this computer and uh, basically live out the life of your ancestor and help us find the Apple of Eden. And then as he uh, does so, he kind of um, you know works from within against them and ri- rivals up all of his assassins, and they take over and rake out.
0: Very good. People are getting better at this. I'm going to have to change it to seconds synopsis. There's no way so you could do it in 10 no seconds. Right. Well, you could, but it wouldn't be an actual synopsis. <coughs> all right. So next, when you hear us, it's going to be time for Power Plot. We're going to talk all about the plot. And then after that, we'll talk about goods and bads. We'll rate this, and then we'll talk about what Phil's been into lately. Okay. Um, Phil, video games are your speciality. I, I play a lot of games. And um, I think that... We play a lot of games right around our house.
1: You guys are Mario fans <laughs> at your house.
0: <clears throat> yeah, hit the cough button there. We're gonna um, play all the Wii, the old Wii. We've been playing a lot. And my N sixty four broke it out again. It's great. You got that for Christmas. Still play some PlayStation, but no mm, birthday. Uh, my birthday. Yeah, definitely a no birthday. What? Well, when we come back, we're gonna talk about some power plot. Talk about this movie. Bang through it. Um, work our way through time and space. See you soon. Be right back. Mmm, power plot time. Okay, it's time to talk about the plot of this movie, Phil. Um, If you have not played this video game, Phil, is there any chance that people will understand the first 20 minutes of this movie? Is there any chance? Because I'll be honest with you. I've played it for a little bit and i was lost
1: yeah my i watched the first hour of the movie with my wife after that she couldn't she actually was she actually really was enjoying what she saw but she couldn't <laughs> watch the second half with me just because of complications so um but after watching the first hour she's like i have a lot of questions like i don't really know exactly what's going on right and to be fair she didn't watch the whole movie so i think some of her questions might have been answered by the end but yeah she was in the same boat as you and and she obviously has played well, obvious to you, she has not played any other games. Yeah. So,
0: well, um, I was confused for for a while. It took me it took me a little while to really get going. I kept thinking, "I'm I i do not really understand." And there there were it's it's in a foreign language early, but there are subtitles. But it was. I don't know, weird.
1: So how, how, I mean, not that you have to give me numbers or anything, but like how many, in a general sense, how many of your questions do you feel like were answered by the end and then some were still like, I don't have any idea I what feel was going like on. it,
0: I feel like my brain needed to kind of catch up to what was going on. So it, it I I understood it. I've seen a lot of movies that are along these lines. You, you know, the
1: biggest... Warcraft was very similar. Yeah,
0: but that one, I still am wondering what the heck's going yeah. on there. Um, I didn't necessarily play that game. And that was from the very first game in the... You know, from years and years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, my biggest thing with this, and I think what confused me the most, folks, listen. Our friend, Nicolas Cage, has taught us one thing, that the Knights Templar are good. <laughs> they are here to help us. Yeah. All right? And in this movie, they're the bad guys. They're, yep. But you know who else? The other people that he works for are the bad guys, too. Um, Not to give away too much spoiler alert. But he has to find his own way. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. The, this this game franchise and the movie and, and potential sequels, if they do other movies, is all about the assassins versus the templars. And right. the ones you want to root for are the assassins. But you said before we started recording, you're saying it, it was that wasn't clear. Like it wasn't. It was hard to tell who to root for.
0: Yes, exactly. It, but I do know that we weren't supposed to root for the templars. Right. But again, but
1: you weren't sure if the assassins were good either,
0: right? I have been programmed to think the Templars are burying American treasures and taking their gold, and Nick Cage is going to make a billion dollars because of the Templars. So I want Nick Cage to be successful.
1: That's what we all
0: well, that's why the Templars, (laughs) that's why the Templars, uh, being. You know, maybe a bad guy doesn't make doesn't really commute compute with me. Yeah. Or commute with me. They don't really hop in the car and commute right. with me. Um, so in 18, 1492, okay, fourteen ninety two. And the Granada War was going on. Aguilar de Nera is um brought into the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. And he is to protect Prince Ahmed de Granada. <coughs> pan, pan forward to 1986. All right. Alf is on television <laughs> and Callum Lynch lives in Baja, Mexico. And he's eaten, you know, oversized burritos that are Fresca style with cilantro. And, and he, jump,
1: jumping off of rooftops. On his bike, his which is a
0: great uh, <laughs> foreshadow for the future. And, and he returns home and sees his mother killed by his father um, Joseph is his father and he's a modern day assassin and then all of a sudden Jeremy Irons clan of people show up to um, kill Joseph the assassin you're led to think that Joseph is killed I, did you think Joseph was killed? I thought he was dead yeah Yeah. Um, so then um He's just left on his own. His dad tells him to run. He runs out of the village of Baja California, and um, whatever little village it was, uh, Mo's. It was called. It's called Mo's in Baja California, and he he runs out of the village, and uh, apparently to safety.
1: Yeah, and that's it. Like that's all we see of the
0: 1980s. And then in mod in current times, 2016, 30 years. It says 30 years later. Uh, Michael Fassbender is in jail. And this life, it's he's he's predestined to a life of crime. He's in jail, and he's murdered someone because he's being put to death.
1: They never say who that was, huh? Just some random. No, ra- 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 and ra- ra-
0: not only that, we're we're led again. We're led in this. Who do you cheer for? Are you cheering for the Knights Templar, like we were taught to by Nick Cage? No. Are you cheering for the Assassins? Not necessarily, because Jeremy Irons is obviously, when he makes his grand entrance again, is obviously evil. And now the only person to cheer for is Michael Fassbender, the the criminal, who's being executed for murdering someone. Yeah. So there are not a lot of redeeming people in this movie.
1: Yeah. Not a lot. Maybe the only redeeming person is, we'll get to her here in a second, is the girl who isn't really on either side like she's like the scientist that is just trying to do a job
0: Jeremy Irons' daughter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and
0: I I definitely think that her character by the end of the movie I it, my one of my big complaints will be when we talk about the bads in this movie will actually be her character which is kind of interesting. Okay, so um Fassbender is being put to death for a crime he apparently did commit. They don't say he didn't, so he must have. Uh, and so they inject him with what I anticipate is probably, I don't know, uh, crystal Pepsi. And he falls asleep forever <laughs> only to wake up in a all white room and he thinks he's dead. He goes, am I dead? You she see goes, this
1: kind of thing in other movies where like they fake someone's death, make their heart stop beating or whatever. So everyone is fooled to think that they're yes. dead.
0: Normally it involves time travel, though, where they have sent him in the future. <laughs> or he's been cryogenically frozen. Um, and so she wakes him up. She talks to him. Sophia does. You are apparently dead to everyone except for us. We know. She's a head scientist um, for Abstergo. And they're trying to figure out. She explains to him very quickly a lot of things. Your ancestor. Uh, you're a descendant of this guy named Aguilar. And he was an assassin in the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood with arms wide open. And he, um, we we're trying to find the whereabouts of the Apple of Eden. Now, the Apple of Eden, you're led to believe at this point still, is it a real Apple? It's got, it's apparently an a- the Apple. She then... Des-
1: is, is it an Apple iPhone?
0: She, yeah, exactly. She then describes it, that we are our creator or some... Uh, advanced civilization they created this and with uh, the ability to wipe out um, aggression and anger and angst and everything else
1: yeah the apple essentially takes away free will so like they want to control they want to bring peace to the earth the templars do Abstergo and templars are synonymous they want to bring peace to the world by wiping out all aggression. And the easiest way to do that is to control everyone. So they're, like, they're yes. basically wanting to, to take away free will from humanity yes. and make everyone robots and thus wipe out all so aggression.
0: Then you go, well, obviously I can't really cheer for these people. Right. They want to take, take away my rights. My free will. My ability to make choices. Do I want a Pop-Tart? Do I want to eat something healthy? Probably going to eat that Pop-Tart.
1: You not, know? N- not anymore
0: not anymore you know not why
1: abstergo abstergo <laughs> taking away a free will mm-hmm. we're glad thank you thanks abstergo <laughs> i used to have choices and I, I used to do whatever i want that's but, dangerous <laughs> but thanks to abstergo now i just do whatever they want <laughs> mm-hmm. thanks abstergo <laughs> so anyway
0: so they're obviously evil right unbelievable yeah they're bad and so they're actually painting the picture that the templar has always been after this they've known about it there's a there's a i don't know if that was the pope at one point later in the movie
1: could be that the it, the, it, the games basically throughout the games it takes place in all these different centuries different ancestries and stuff like that and the the church like the catholic church in particular is always on the side of the mm-hmm. templars
0: And isn't in one of the games? Isn't George Washington the bad guy?
1: Yeah, I mean he's yeah he's definitely a part of the Templars.
0: Weird. Anyway, thanks, Abstergo. Um, So he's like he basically has to do it because what I mean what he's basically being held captive there. He's essentially dead and he doesn't know how to escape and he's trying to process all this. So eventually, fairly quickly, they really they hook him up to the uh, what's it called the animus animus. I will say the TARDIS, um, the Animus. And he starts to have these visions of his ancestor, Aguilar. And he travels back in time to the Spanish Inquisition?
1: Yeah, 15th 15th century. And
0: um, there's a hawk or like a golden eagle. I'm not sure which one it is. Is it a hawk? Um, It's a very big hawk if it's a hawk. I'm a huge fan of hawks. My favorite animal, seriously. And it's a
1: very big hawk. I can't remember. I, I, sh, I feel like I should know. It's it either be a, a hawk or an eagle. It could be a golden. It, eagle. It's kind of a, the sign of the assassins. Yeah, ha, ha, Assassin's
0: Hassan, Creed.
1: Um, so they um, travel in time. He gets
0: to see his ancestor fight off some some bad Templars, and um, they're, they help the prince Ahmed escape. Correct? Yeah, from the little cage of the. Uh, they're in that. They're in that. Um, wagon thing. And he, he helps him him down. Yeah. And then they pull him out of the, uh, animus out of the malice of the matrix. And he, they're like, you know, the dad, Jeremy irons king, uh, 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 king of the, uh, Templar science wing. Um, he (laughs) didn't want to be pulled out, but she's afraid of overwhelming him with this.
1: It's like an intro to the animus.
0: Um, Abstergo is getting ready to have their funding pulled from whatever government society thing they're coming from because it's two billion dollars a year which I thought is actually kind of low for the technology that are using yeah, there that yeah. seems a lot higher than that um, so uh, they're gonna reroute this to actually all that finances to NASA so because of the uncoming uh, Armageddon scenario I'm just joking <laughs> um the that meteor that's coming to kill us um so, they um, are going to get their funding yanked. So, Daddy uh, says, You know, you got to go. We got to send you back in. And we've got to find this Apple of Eden. So, they, there's a bunch of back and forth stuff. We discover there are other assassins and uh, descendants of assassins that are there in the complex. Uh, the Jean Baptiste character, he's there. He's a Haitian descendant. There's a skinnier. Uh, assassin guy, kid guy. They don't really give him a name. I don't know why
1: he was even in the movie. Like he, so
0: they could he, red. He's the red shirt of the, uh, and <laughs> he's the ensign red shirt. Okay, uh, so he can be killed off or er, before they have the big team up at the end.
1: The, the, there's several of them. The most interesting is definitely. I think his name is Muso.
0: Muso. Muso yeah. Muso. Um.
1: But yeah, he's the Haitian guy that's yeah. descended from Baptiste.
0: Yeah. And so he and, and there's a lady too. There's a woman and uh yeah. that you kind of meet some of them there's a whole i mean the whole bunch of them and uh they've basically he's he's against fast against going in they force him in one time he feels like he's going crazy because he keeps getting all these visions uh, they force him in one time he comes back he he comes back out they, that's when they dip him in the water thing yeah jeremy irons comes to the conclusion that you know he needs to go in under his own Admission, basically.
1: Yeah, he's getting paralyzed because he's, like, trying to fight the the animus. Yeah, and,
0: but they're also afraid of him stinking up. Yeah because so he'll lose his mind basically.
1: Whenever he he does his own thing like wh- he exerts his his free will basically and doesn't do what the animus wants him to do or doesn't do what actually happened in history according to his ancestral line. Yeah. Uh then he desyncs with the animus like the animus is going one direction he's going another direction and then everything kind of goes haywire from Wonky. there. So yeah.
0: Um so then he in order to get him to go in by his own free will they think he has to exercise a little bit of demon and meet up with his father because his father killed his mother.
1: That's, what he, thinks. that's that, what he thinks. That's when the audience finds out, okay, he's alive, and he's also in prison yeah. at the Templar facility. And so he
0: goes into the um, uh, retired wing of the assassins, <laughs> and uh, they're all mentally insane. But the dad is not. He's just there and whatever. So he talks to him, and basically he could kill him. He chooses not to. He knows that he killed his wife because he so, kind of had to, basically, to get her. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. so what? The, how the scene plays out? How he explains it to his son is that um, he had to kill his wife. His his wife basically took the cyanide pill. Like she was about to get arrested. They were both uh, about to be arrested by the Templars and imprisoned. And she says, "I can't handle it. So you need to." I'm going to take cyanide basically you kill me and then and then I I won't have to go there so basically because the assassins creed like the brotherhood of of people who are assassins hold the creed above everything else including their own lives right and so she says you know if I go in there I will probably betray the assassins so kill me and then I don't have to go in there he's stronger so he says I don't have to die I'll I'll just be arrested and then resist from within Mm -hmm. so yeah that's all revealed to him and Cal at that moment says okay I can't I can't Really kill you because she wanted to die, right? You know,
0: the Templars and the Assassins. By the way, folks have been at this for centuries now. Yeah, back and forth, back and forth, itchy and scratchy type of scenario, Tom and Jerry type scenario, um, Wile E. Coyote Road Runner, similar. Millennia for millennia. Um, so this is old hat to them, and it's a new era. So it's like the lichens and the vampires and underworld. Um, so we have uh they he goes back in the animus, he tracks down where the Apple of Eden is. You Ooh. listen to a big speech by the Pope, we're assuming at the time. Um and one of the Pope's handlers, this big I can't remember that guy's that guy's name. He's a big warrior type character, like the Pope's main bodyguard guy.
1: Oh yeah they yeah. They say
0: his name at some point. Yeah I don't remember they had a big mass uh you know boss fight at the end. They track down where the um apple is being hidden. It's in some I don't know, somebody's house, temple, you know, hideout thing. And um, he gets it. They crash through the ceiling. They throw these bombs. By the way, the percussive, the the smoke bomb things they throw in are really cool.
1: Yeah, and I, I thought the martial arts was really, really good.
0: Yeah. in like, That big fight scene. And then they um, fight, 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 fight. They have a Mexican standoff. Best way I can describe that's from <laughs> from any old movie you've ever seen where the Pope gets uh, uh, Michael Fassbender's character grabs the Pope and then the other assassin girl, his lady friend, that's the assassin, gets grabbed by the big boss, uh, whatever a Bobo or whatever it is from uh, the other the bad guys they from the Templar people and uh, she basically you know gives him the wink. Go ahead and let him kill me. It's fine.
1: What's what's really cool about that scene is he's put in the same position that his father was. Mm -hmm. So his father had to make the uncomfortable decision of letting his wife die. And then he's gotten to know this girl as well. And he finds himself having to make the same decision that his father did that he always hated him for. Yes.
0: And so he ends up having to let her be killed. He fights his way out. He does another – this is kind of weird, by the way. He does another um, leap of faith off the side of this bridge thing. Yeah. Yeah. He pulls comes out of the Animus, but he's still basically locked into the Matrix now. He's completely synced up. Yeah. And the uh, these other, I don't know, assassins kind of gather around. And then the, all the assassins that are in the complex all fight their way out. And the three end up getting out of there alive. Um, Baptiste, um, a lady, and... Fassbender.
1: It kind of reminded me of the matrix a little bit where like, he doesn't need the matrix anymore. Right. Like he, he basically is like ascended to the point where he just sees it all the time.
0: Yep. And, um, so then they have to go crash the big, uh, abstergo party where they're high-fiving we're hey we're finally gonna get to control humanity Yay! 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 we're gonna get (laughs) control it's like the dumbest thing that that to me was so stupid why would anyone cheer for that like if you're even if you're a bad guy you're like i mean you're like oh we're gonna get control awesome (laughs) so dumb anyway so they um so they he crashes the party Kills Jeremy Irons. This is stupid because the daughter then has a talk with him. And she has been on his side the whole time. And yeah, he kills the dad. But she completely got fooled by it. And then in the end, flip-flops and is like, I'm going to stop him now. (laughs) It's like. It is weird. Weird. Yeah. That's dumb. Anyway, so that's how the movie ends with them standing on the rooftop. The rooftop stance thing was really cool at the end.
1: Yeah. They, they get the apple at the end. Yeah, they that's get the, the apple. in yeah. possession
0: of it. Yeah, and then they, I'm not sure where they send it. Probably to Silicon Valley to actual apple. <laughs> apple to cap, uh, California.
1: For the new eye control.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, when we come back, uh, we'll wrap this big, big bad boy up. See you in a second. Destiny's in your blood. Goods and bads, goods and bads. I gotta think about some goods and bads. That's right, folks. Goods and bads. Phil, what's some goods in this movie? What was actually good about this?
1: Should I just put all my cards out on the table? Yeah, feel free. Tell us i loved this movie oh gosh <laughs> i i really did I, oh. I liked it a lot i so. tried to cover for phil
0: earlier in the <laughs> podcast and say that you know we have some horror movie podcast radar machine and we, you know, we just randomly selected this he when this movie first came out folks he was like i i really this is gonna be bad man it's got horrible
1: ratings blah blah, blah. and now you're like <laughs> it won your heart i really really like this movie um honestly like I'm, not, I'm I'm gonna have trouble coming up with any bads and I'll, i know this is the horrible movie podcast not the awesome movie podcast so it's all good i'll go very quickly over maybe the this is
0: a moment it's fine maybe this is the moment where we can say well it's technically a movie podcast and it's just a horrible you know podcast
1: right does that make sense yeah go ahead so uh, the martial arts was fantastic. Uh, I really liked the score. I guess his brother did it or whatever. Um, really, really good. Uh, I thought all the actors were fantastic. I, I was I was anticipating Fassbender to be the shining star. And then these other guys would be just okay. Just kind of assisting him, helping him along. Mm-hmm. But man, like I... Th- I I mean, you may disagree on the Marilyn Cotillard or whatever, but like I thought I, she was really she believable. Was um, I love Jeremy. Jeremy Irons is the bad guy, even though he had kind of a small role in the movie. He, he was really, really good. And then that um, Michael whatever that played Musso, the yeah, Haitian. K, Michael K. Williams. Um, was really good. Like yeah, he I, was. I, I wanted to see more of him. Yeah, and, and maybe we will in the sequel. I don't know if he would actually take the role of, of main character, um, main protagonist in the next movie if they make another one. Which it did well at the box office. I don't mm-hmm. see why they wouldn't make a second one. Yeah. Um I, I honestly would like to see Fast if he would do this, I don't know if Fastbender would take second chair mm, but it's a
0: payday, He'll uh, take
1: it. I would love to see Fastbender Cal's character as like a secondary to Musso and actually make a whole movie about Musso instead. Um I really liked the plot. I liked, honestly, I I really liked the exchange between him and his father. That was, I think, maybe one of my favorite things was him, like for 30 years, he, you know, he thought his father was dead. He always hated him, and then the moment that he finds him, that figures out that he's alive, he has a chance to get back of his his revenge but then he understands him in that moment because he's been going through the same things that his dad has mm-hmm. understanding the assassins and figuring out what they stand for and how that's there's nothing more important in the world than defending this free will defending um you know the the ability to stand up to the man and all and like in, in our, our our very lives our relationships none of that is it's all subject to that ultimate and so so he ends up having to like i said earlier in the uh, power plot like he ends up having to make the same decision as his dad, and so he not only spares his life, but then he uh, ends up doing exactly what his father did thirty it. years before. There no
0: so there was actually no real choice in, in fact, at all.
1: Um, I I've, I fully understand like even going through the goods like I fully get that I, I got more goods out of this movie than the average moviegoer did that hasn't played any of the games because I have all the backstory that wasn't even covered in the movie that makes it it shines light and gives purpose to a lot of the stuff that I think other people would find confusing and so whereas I was championing certain scenes that I'm sure other people would look at me like I have no idea what's going on that like that's so obscure or that doesn't make any sense or why is he doing that it all of it made sense to me so it wasn't there was never a moment where I was lost or felt like something was unnecessary or obscure so
0: well, I think uh, this movie, as far as the goods go, for me, um, the goods were I think just the cinema, cinematographical part of it. Look, mm-hmm. The look of it was great. Um, the kung fu stuff was good. The karate, if you will, even though it's not really karate, it's fight <laughs> scenes. Um, I think that I like any movie that does some weird alternate history type stuff. Right. Um, did we mention Christopher Columbus in the
1: oh he didn't the plot <laughs>
0: Christopher Columbus is the person that is able to take and, and, and he takes the the apple of Eden to his grave yeah literally like in, in, literal. in the coffin yeah and then I thought, I was hoping he would bury it in, you know, America or whatever, but he did. Um, and so then.
1: And his tomb is basically on display in this church or museum yeah, or whatever so it's it was. Like been right in
0: front of everybody the whole time. Yeah. But I think that's cool. I like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. I think Fastbender did the best he could with this. I, I don't think he was asked to really act a lot in this. Do you feel like he was? Like, I don't feel like it was. Like, I guess he had to play two different characters, kind of.
1: Yeah. Uh, he doesn't do any speaking in the 15th century. That's, that's scenes. the
0: thing. He doesn't speak very much at all.
1: That, um, are, do you have any other goods? I actually do have one minor bad. Uh, um, the
0: the big thing the 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 other goods are just the just the cool shots for me. That the, the it, it translates pretty well from the game. Like I I, I felt yeah. like okay this could be the game. No big deal.
1: Uh, I was going to say this towards the end, but we might as well just throw it in with the goods, but I I thought it was very good that they went with a completely new set of characters. So if you're familiar with the games, uh, you won't recognize any of the characters from this movie. And I actually think that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Like maybe some of the super fans like me were like, give us Desmonds, give us Ezio, like these characters that people knew from the games. I say don't like just go completely different with a completely new cast which is makes sense in this universe because there are multiple chapters of Templars all over the world. There are multiple chapters of assassins all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to go with the same cast, um, and so and they didn't. And they, they said well, we're going to make our own story that is uh, runs alongside the games. We're not going to try to duplicate the games. And I think that's where a lot of video game movies run into tough roads. Is they're trying to take the they're trying to retell the same story that you just played in the game. And it just doesn't right. do it justice. Right. So the strength of this movie that sets it aside from other video game movies in my opinion is that it's doing its own thing and that was the strength of the mario movie too (laughs) it did do its own thing that is correct (laughs) its own thing wasn't very good though
0: (laughs) no it was pretty bad
1: (laughs) anyway um bads
0: tell me some bads because i have a few i have a few
1: okay i i um i i mean as you've already
0: proclaimed your love for this movie i do i love
1: it um we i there's only one that I can think of right now, and I might think of another one as we talk, but um, we already said that 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 he has Cal has no lines fastminer has no lines when he's playing as Aguilar in the fifteenth century Spanish inquisition, and i don't think they should have gone that way like they should have given him some something to say in fifteenth century. Um, he in the games the main character does speak. Of course, he doesn't know Spanish. Like Cal doesn't know any Spanish, presumably, but it gets translated. Like the the, uh, uh, the, the animus uh, supposedly translates his English. So he speaks in English, and then the Spanish comes out. Right. and then people hear him speaking his own language, even though he doesn't speak it. And I feel like they could have done that in the movie, but they chose not to for whatever reason. And I feel like that was that brought down the amount of. Exposition when the main character literally says nothing um, in that part of the movie. So I felt like they could have done a better job of expounding, like uh, you know, his relationship with the girl, the the girl assassin in fourteen ninety two. You know, a little bit better by just having him say anything. That was kind of weird to me. Um, I also felt like I I wanted a little bit more time, more minutes in the past as opposed to just the present. The present, the stuff that was happening in the present was the main the main flux of the movie and I get that, but I, I wanted to, it was very unbalanced. Like the amount of time that they spent in the past was maybe a fourth of the movie, maybe, mm, maybe less. Right. So that was a little disappointing.
0: My two, my two bads um, were, I feel like um, Sophia's turn at the end was, and I'm not saying you need to telegraph it, but you didn't even build it up to anything. Agreed. Like it wasn't like, like she literally was in the hallway not stopping him from doing what she knew he was going to do. In the whole movie, she was more pro-him than anything. She was the most helpful person for him at all. And then he kills her dad, and I understand that she would be mad about that. But then she just takes all of the build-up for her and him. I mean, I'm not saying having some weird relationship or anything, but like or having a relationship at all, but I'm saying it goes from like them being kind of friendly to... I will do what you set out to do, father, and I will now stop. It's like what are you doing? Like I agree. She came to the conclusion she said that, Oh, I caused all this. Like at the end she's like, I caused all this. But yeah, you did. But you also I mean you you did you finished what your dad wanted you to finish too. You know, you caused the assassins to be able to rise up and, you know,
1: I feel like there there might have been some deleted scenes or something like that. But I agree; it just it skips over something and goes right to the end. Yeah, there. So kind of weird.
0: Yeah, I, 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 and the other was um, they're not in the past enough. No, yeah, I agree. Well, that's kind of the whole point of the games. Um, I'm not saying that this is any good, but I do know that in the first couple seasons of <laughs> of Arrow, I'll give you this one: <laughs> he does a lot of flashback. And it's all, it's not quite half and half, but the flashback and the flash for and the the, the present day and the flashback stuff are both integral parts of the show. Yeah, um, and and on this it just didn't it didn't do enough of that. It was kind of weird. Yeah, I expected more, I guess, from that end of it.
1: The. Um- this brings up a conversation. Do you have, do you have any other basket? No, I'm, that's it. That's it. Okay, I, was I mean, the,
0: just overall, I, there, there, there's no one to cheer for. Who am I cheering for? It's yeah, yeah. really ultimately, uh, except for in the end when the assassins, basically, the, the three that are left at least, go. We're gonna do whatever. Sorry, we're gonna do whatever we want to do. You know, yeah, what I mean, it, And what's right or whatever. Maybe I don't know. But.
1: Obviously, like the audience is trained to root for the protagonist, the main character of the movie, and the Knights Templar. No, exactly. I, I agree with you. <laughs> Thank you, Nick um, Cage. But I think I think you you learn fairly early on that the assassins are going up against the bad guys who are supposed to be the Templar. But he doesn't become an assassin till the very end of the movie, and so you you have you find uh, a hard time even rooting for him because he isn't an assassin not yet. Yeah. When he eventually becomes one, you can root for him, but that's like the last twenty minutes of the movie. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the question I was going to ask you I knew this would derail us from goods and bads but um, the, making a video game movie is tough no yeah. it's it, it's going to be a, a a choose you know kind of darned if you do darned if you do yeah. don't kind of thing you either have to you make one of two choices one is to appease the fans right. the people that are familiar with the source material right and abandon the people that have have literally ne- never even heard of Assassin's Creed that are right. coming in to learn about this franchise mm-hmm. Or you cater to the people that don't know anything and make it so dumb, like make it so watered down that the people that are paying you the most money and are invested in the franchise are going to walk out of there and be like, that was stupid. Double dragon. So... Right, so what, what what do you think is is the best way to approach that? Like, how if you were speaking to a director in Hollywood Ooh, wow. uh, who's listening to this podcast, let's say, and is thinking about making a video game movie, what what advice do you have?
0: I think that you don't make a video game movie ever. I think it's the okay. genre you don't do, and I think that if you do do it, you make sure it is one hundred percent a green light, go go go, or or something you can actually turn into something because the like we said like I said the first 10 minutes of this movie I was like I don't know what's happening Warcraft I I don't I still don't know what's happening I will say this I you've said this I've been trying to pitch actually a video game movie for a while now and it's the Tetris movie <laughs> but I'm having a hard time do I focus on the square blocks or the L shapes more? Because I don't even want to go with the zigzag piece. Right. That that one. Everyone is, hates that one, yeah. What? I mean, you don't even want to go there. And who would I cast as the zigzag piece anyway? Paul Giamatti? I mean, I. I this who's the square piece? Who's the L? I mean, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's
1: hard. I, I feel like you can't go wrong with Matt Damon. As the L or the square, though? Uh, yeah, that's a good good question. Is that the only three shapes you can use? No. Straight line.
0: Straight line. Who's a straight line? Square, yeah. Brian Cranston would be a great straight line guy, but I can't get him to do it. The Tetris <laughs> you, movie—you need
1: someone tall and lanky to play the oh, straight gosh. Line. Kramer.
0: <laughs> All right, so um, it's tough though. I, you know, it's no, I agree. You, I, I'm saying I really am saying this. It's it's a genre that's really tough, really tough. And you can't
1: so. you can't say well I'll do, I'll do both. Like we'll walk in the middle because then you're just you know taking everyone off. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's really hard to do. And I almost feel like kind of like book series, like Hunger Games and uh, Harry Potter and stuff like that. Like you have to make it into a franchise. Uh, We're going to do four movies or whatever. But then are you going to lose people on the first one? They're not going to come back for the second one. It's kind of what uh, Divergent has run into. And that's, you know a possibility for this podcast is those movies but right. um you know the first one was kind of okay and the second one bom- bombed and it's like are they even going to make the third one yeah. now so yeah
0: um people grow tired of that kind of same same direct too though we've kind of already you know it's like you go up and down the books and we can talk later on about that but let's rate this let of one horrible to five horribles one being bad five being acid to your eyes
1: you already know what i'm gonna go with
0: you're going one but you're I'm, actually going zero I'm,
1: go, I'm essentially going zero
0: but yeah I'll, I'll go one okay I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say it's a, a two because i I just don't like video game movies like I I'll I, I, we'll go into that too we may do a little extra for the podcast today but I, maybe not though too no let's don't all okay. right so okay. um what uh what have you been into lately Phil?
1: Um, well, I, I would highly recommend the Assassin's Creed games. That's not exactly. something I've been into re- recent, re- recently, but I would say definitely get into those. Um, I've been reading a lot of Brian K. Vaughn comic mm-hmm. books, cool. and um, they're really good. Like, I one of my first comic books that I ever read was the Runaways, uh, Marvel property. One that that's a, that's a book they should Is there make a into movies. Dinosaur in that. Yes. There's like a raptor type, yeah. type dinosaur. Really good. Brian K. Vaughn. Um, and then I've been reading, uh, saga, uh, which is a, something that, you know, a dozen people have told me to read. It's one of those things where mm-hmm. everyone says you, you would love it. And I never did. Uh, it's really good. And then, um, picked up a more recent title that started about a year ago called paper girls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's great. It's a time traveling type of story and it's, it's really well done. It's cool. And then, um, Again, I'm, I'm just kind of on this Vaughn kick. I'm, I'm also reading a finished, uh, it's already wrapped series that he did sixty issues um, called Y, like the letter Y colon, the last man. Why the last man? And it's about a, um, a guy named York who is literally the last man on Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a moment in recent history where uh, you know 3.5 billion males die in the same moment all across the earth and he, but he doesn't, he's the only survivor. And so it's about, about what happens in the aftermath of that. He's a very good.
0: He's a very wanted man. I'm sure. (laughs) Um, I uh, wanted to announce to everyone that it's, uh, mystery science theater 3000 has come out on Netflix. The new updated edition. Yeah. Jonah Ray is the host. Uh, Tom Servo and crow are back Will Wheaton is in the first episode. I've only watched part of the first episode. And what was the girl's name? What's her name? She's going to be at Planet Comic Con.
1: Oh, uh, Felicia Day.
0: Felicia Day is in it. Uh, uh, Patton. What's uh, the... Patton Oswald. Okay. He's also in it. Anyway, check it out, folks. Cool. Mystery Science Theater 3000. There are so many great episodes of the first run of it. it a lot of those episodes are on net, on YouTube now for free. And the first season of the original is on Netflix. And now the new one is on. So check it out. Um, there's some great comedy there. Really, really funny. If you like this podcast, you will love Mystery Science Theater 3000. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, very excited about some upcoming things. and uh, But anyway, thanks for tuning in. Also, guys, we're uh, on Patreon.com. Feel free to support us on there. Just a anyway, dollar a month, $3 a month, all the way up to a lot more a month. But anything helps. And not asking or begging, just uh, there's some perks that go along with that. And uh, check it out, patreon.com. Come be a patron uh, for the Horrible Movie Podcast. We'll see you soon. Phil, thanks for stopping in. It was fun. Later, dude. The Horrible Movie Podcast is powered by revolverpodcast.com and Orange Tie Web Design Marketing and Branding. The Horrible Movie Podcast can be heard on great stations like 105.5 KFGM in Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula, KZGM, South Central Missouri's public radio station, and weekly contributions on KPOV 88.9 High Desert Community Radio. Listen to us on iTunes, dot RevolverPodcast.com, and anywhere podcasts are found.